Hello and welcome to So Divine. I'm Megan Skinner. And I'm Stephanie Galing. And this is our monthly astrological podcast where we explore the cosmic landscape for the month just to give you tips and wellness suggestions so you can live a more conscious life. So hello, Stephanie. And hello, you know, Megan. How are you? <laughs> Good. How are you? We're a little giddy because we just finished a, a Facebook Live for So Divine, which was awesome. And people, they uh, actually wrote in their questions. And we're going to do this once once a month, right? Yeah, we've decided, um, at least for next month, right, that before yes. we come into the studio to record our podcast episode, we're going to gather on Facebook Live and talk about the month that's been going on, answer your questions, just sort of join in in conversations. Yes, so. it was a, it was lots of fun. So thanks everyone for joining in. And so August, our theme for August is da, 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 drum roll, please. Eclipses and retrogrades, part two. Right, sounds very <clears throat> retrograde that we're going back to the same. Because <laughs> we did this for, for July. July. This was our same theme, so this is part two. Um, in August, we're actually finishing up eclipse season, and we've got uh, a new moon in Leo and a solar eclipse, and we're also wrapping up some retrogrades. So let's start at the beginning because August starts out with kind of a big bang. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> okay, so why does August start out with a bang? Because we actually have on August 1st the square between Mars and Uranus. Mm -hmm. Now, given that Mars is doing its retrograde thing, is that a thing? <laughs> it's retrograde thing. It actually squares Uranus this time three times, right? On May 15th, excuse me, actually, that was May 16th, I believe, on August 1st and on September 18th. So, and this Mars Uranus square was also very connected to the lunar eclipse that yes. happened on July 27th. But we have Mars, right? The planet of pursuit and desire and fuel and fighting, right? In the sign of Aquarius. In the sign of Aquarius. It's still an Aquarius at that point, um, or at this point, squaring Uranus. So it's very much about surprises and the unexpected and the out of the blue possibly shaking us mm. from our normal ways that we move and we move forward and we fuel ourselves, right? And so one of the words that and phrases and sort of, I guess, themes that I've been using is um, detours, right? Mm, Mars right, Uranus yes. and Mars retrograde is very much about like, how do you make friends with a detour? How do you mm. both know that there might be detours? So you stay bouncy, right? You stay elastic. And then how can detours, I mean, that's sort of the best way detours are your friends and they you gain a lot of awareness and they bring you new experiences that you would have not had. But at the very least, you find a bit of comfort by being shaken out of or when you're shaken out of your usual route. Yes. And do you think that it adds that, you know, that both uh, Mars and Uranus are in fixed signs and the fixed signs. So Mars is in Aquarius and Uranus in Taurus. Right. And both those fixed signs like to know what they're doing and they like <laughs> to be in control. So as you're talking about the rerouting, which I love, those fixed signs might have a little bit of a problem with that. And one of the things that we've been talking about, too, is about especially with that Uranus 
uh, Mars volatility because a square is when those planetary energies are in conflict with each other is there's a tendency to be reactionary. So if you're telling me I have to reroute, <laughs> what is my reaction going to be? Well, and your Uranian reaction may be like, don't you tell me that I have to reroute, right? Uranus right. is also the rebel. Uranus wants space and wants freedom, sort of as does Aquarius on some level. Right. So that's the whole thing. Like, I think it's also really important on that note to think like when you rebel and you say no, are you, <laughs> is that serving you? Yes. Right. Yes. Or is it just like rebellion for, for the sake of, of rebellion? rebellion. Exactly. The other thing you could look at is rerouting. It could be a totally rebellious, fun act in itself because it's like you're saying, I'm open and I'm in the moment and I'm willing to kind of bust through or break through very Uranian, very Aquarius old ways of being. And so maybe embrace that freedom that you have in the moment to make a choice and to like reroute and really embrace that. Yeah. And that you have, I feel like it's very confidence building, which actually goes really well with that word. We start off at least for the first 22 days of August in Leo season, you know, Leo being about confidence is very confidence building to know, like, I don't always have to take the same path. Like I have the capacity, even if it's a road that's been much less traveled by myself to figure it out on the way. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that gives us a sense of expansion and the sense of just greater confidence that like, hey, I can actually sort of deal with whatever may come. And on that level too, like I think what's interesting is that, well, we can wait for some surprise to come or how do we be the initiator of the surprises, right? Instead mm -hmm. of like, okay, oh, there's yeah. a detour. Yeah. I have to go to that other street. What about just like going that other route? And what do you see when you take that other route? What vistas, what conversations do you have? What thoughts come to you? The when road less traveled. The road less traveled. And because Uranus stations retrograde on the seventh, this whole first week-ish mm -hmm. is very Uranian, right? Mm -hmm. So it's this whole notion of like road less traveled and rebellion and finding space and finding freedom and finding detours and making a detour yourself. Right. And doesn't all of this, in a sense, um, put us very much in the present moment? You know what I mean? So maybe you can't plan. August has got so much going on, right? And we're going to talk about how the beginning of the month starts and the end of the month is a little bit, has a different flavor. But if we look at August in general, it's not a time where you can plan everything out, right? There's so much going on between the retrogrades and the eclipse and all of that. So it's this real opportunity to really show up at every moment and say, here I am. <laughs> it's a new day. I'm going to be present to this moment and this day and work with the energies of what not only are showing up, but what I'm attracting in. Right. Because remember, part of this, too, you know, Uranus and Aquarius, it's all about energy. Right. So if we can also remember that, you know, as energy beings, you know, we're working with the energies of the planet, but we're also attracting in specific experiences that might be wanting to show us something. Right. Yes. And so if we can be very present and like have a relationship with those energies. Right. I think that could be extremely powerful. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love that so much. Right. Like that the lesson, right, thinking about the retrogrades, thinking about this Uranus energy, thinking about the eclipse is how you can gain a sense of power and fortitude mm. by having 
a relationship with non-planning, like being in (laughs) the moment and knowing that, you know what, you will figure it out in the moment, you know, and... And that's like having a relationship with the universe, right? And speaking about relationships, can I just mention (laughs) something that is, as we've been talking about, is maybe also on the 6th of August when Venus goes into Libra, which also sort of reflects to us the power and the beauty of relationships. Maybe this is how do you be in relationship with the present? How can you forge a relationship with sort of the energetic um, influences or information that you're getting? Yes. And I just so love that, you know, that you brought up the Libra, uh, Venus and Libra, because I'm a Libra with my Venus and Libra. And I love Venus and Libra because it is all about the relationship and finding middle ground and being willing to negotiate whatever's going on and trying to find some sense of harmony in the whole thing. So that's so thank you for bringing up the Venus (laughs) Venus and Libra. Yes. And it was actually a little bit like the Uranus surprise, right? Because we were going to talk about it at the end and talk about not planning. And I sort of went against the plan in but a way. That's that's the whole vibe of the whole thing, right? Yeah. Well, and so interesting, right? The relationship and thinking about too, like the Uranus, like what do you do when things are surprising? Like what do you do when you just don't know what's going to come next? You're going to come next in the news cycle. You know, what do you do in terms of, um, mm. you know, camp planning? I feel like one of our greatest resources is our relationships in our community. Yes. Right. And maybe yes. again and with this so Venus and Libra, like bringing that reminder that, you know, our assets, our riches come from connecting with others. Absolutely. And I think that's very much that Aquarian energy that we're talking about with Mars and other things is to really, you know, really for all of us to come together right now and to be in relationship and community, as you're saying, as a resource. That's really powerful. So again, remember with this Mars Uranus square, with this Uranus station, it's retrograding on August 7th, you know, the first, I mean, I kind of don't even want to say just like the first nine months, like stay, excuse me, nine weeks. No, wrong. Nine days. <laughs> My God. It is the Mercury How long is this going right on? now. Nine years? <laughs> the first nine days of the month to like really like be Uranian because really it's a longer period than that. But I still do think between the square on the first yes. and the retrograde on the seventh, like especially the first nine-ish days of August, like really just have a loose grip be elastic, be flexible, be adaptable. And that's also because in those retrograde, in the beginning of retrogrades and the end of retrogrades, I don't know, you call them shadow periods. And when they're stations, stations. Okay. That's when the energy tends to be more potent. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yes. So moving on, moving on. Yes. Let's talk about the big, big, big happening this month, which is the solar eclipse. Yes. Another eclipse. Yes. Number three. Number three. We had two in July. We had a Cancer solar eclipse. Remember, the solar eclipse is a new moon. Yes. On the 12th of July. Yes. We had on July 27th a full moon lunar eclipse that mm-hmm. itself was one with a bang because of its connection with Mars and Uranus. Mm-hmm. And now rounding out eclipse season, we have this Leo solar eclipse on August 11th. Yes. So, um, 
And we're going to talk in a moment about the tie-ins with this eclipse, but maybe we should just first talk about Leo solar eclipse. Like, what do you Yeah, you feel? know, the thing about the Leo solar eclipse, it's Leo, which is ruled by the sun, and it's a solar eclipse. And, you know, so to me, it's got a very Leo solar sun dramatic kind of energy. And, you know, with the lunar eclipses, they tend to affect more of kind of like our inner worlds and our feelings and our emotions and solar eclipses are much more I think that we see them much more they're more apparent perhaps in the universal landscape like the sun rules politics and dynasties and kingdoms and governments and you know God knows (laughs) what the potentials are there but with a solar eclipse especially in Leo I think it just it's really kind of in your face it's this big bold bright shiny eclipse yep yeah, for sure. Like big and bold new beginnings, right? Yes, Maybe even yes. new beginnings of how can you be bigger and bolder and shine more and be more creative and express your heart and express love mm-hmm. and express generosity. Like how would you open to a new level or a new chapter of that? And that said, right, this is not like any other solar eclipse. Actually, all of the times that we have any sort of astrological alignment, it's never really has happened before because of what else may be happening in the sky. And this one is really interesting because it connects to... Pallas Athena, Mm -hmm. right? Pallas Athena is in Leo, right around the degrees of the sun and the moon. Pallas Athena is an asteroid who has the archetype, carries the archetype of the feminine warrior. She is the preeminent strategist known for her creative intelligence. Whoa. I love that. (laughs) So, and we've talked a lot about, right, since June, we've talked a lot about Mars, the warrior Mars, you know, which is more sort of that masculine level of like, how do you fight? How do you go to battle? This is inviting in the female Mm. warrior as well. So we bring her to the table and sort of that whole sense of the femininity of like the nuance of... What does a female warrior look like? What is that? You know, I think that also is so great with the Leo because it's Leo is very heart focused and even though Leo is bold and fierce and all of that you know it's the, the term lion hearted you know what I mean Leo is very generous and so maybe this whole idea of the feminine warriors that she really is very heart focused right mm-hmm. and I love that you're talking about creative intelligence I'm not sure what that means but <laughs> my sense of it is where you know instead of being in our left brain intellectual mind, maybe we're a little bit more creative with how we strategize and how we think about things. Yes. You know, I just listened to a lecture on the Fresh Voices in Astrology Astro Summit this this weekend where the astrologer Cheryl Hopkins was talking about Pallas Athena and she actually was using, I believe, Beyonce as an example. Oh my God. Right? And talk about, because you asked like creative intelligence. And what does that look like? Right. I mean, talk about someone who really holds that power, right? And I also think too, like yes. feminine, like generative yes. and intelligence. Like how can you marry this sense of like smart and advancement from a generative, creative perspective. And so, so powerful and so creative. And what a voice. You know what I mean? Yeah. She, I think she's such a great archetype for all of this. Yes, absolutely. So again, like how do you own that like roar in your creativity, <laughs> but also that your creativity 
is strategic, mm-hmm. right? Either your creativity is going to bring you towards this goal that you're developing or you have you weave creativity into the strategy itself. One of the things that we talked a little bit about, too, with the uh, solar eclipse, new moon in Leo, is that this has happened before. And when did this happen before? Was it in 1999, the same eclipse at the same uh, degree? Yep. So August 11th in 1999. Because eclipses do, like, happen about 19 years later or so, you know, most of them. So August 11th, 1999. So you mu- so that means that back then, this solar eclipse was lighting up the same part of your chart as this one is. Right. So you just might want to, like, think What back. were you doing in 1999, Stephanie? I can't even remember 1999. I do remember that I had just finished my dissertation and just ah, finished grad school. Okay. I got my degree, my master's degree in nutrition. And I was also starting to be interested in research um, herbal astrology. Ooh. Right? So those are the two things. I mean, I remember where I was living, but I remember in terms of like a mark, like right. graduating from school and opening up to this new area of study. That was what was coming up for me that summer. How about you? Um, you know, I just remember honestly being kind of a hot mess back in <laughs> It's very Leo. Hot. Very hot. I was one hot mess. I do think I was in a major relationship shift, mm. uh, actually leaving a relationship which was very, very empowering. And I, I just remember a lot of drama. A lot of drama, but that would be very Leo, you know, eclipsy kind of energy. So we shall see. We shall see. But take a look back to August 11th, 1999. Where were you? It'll be interesting to just kind of mark that. Yeah. And it's, you know, for those of you who know your chart, this eclipse and then that one was at 19 degrees of Leo to see where that falls in your chart. Um, One more thing I just want to say about this eclipse, just quickly to say it does make a connection with the planet Pluto. Yes. Now, it makes what's called a quincunx, also called an inconjunct. It's not one that we talk about a lot. Yes. It's a 150-degree angle between Capricorn, Pluto and Capricorn, and this Leo with the sun and the moon. So, you know, just to sort of quickly say, you know, it's not all, well, eclipses aren't always fun and games, but it's not all like heart and generosity and uh-huh. you know there is this and, and sort of that level of creativity there is that but it's also it's deep right yes issues yes. of power issues of control issues of really like digging digging deep down into yourself into your resources into your emotional resources so if it triggers things for you just to give a little bit of context to that just with that Pluto tie-in right and the quincux basically is like there's conflict there right so this is a conflict with that Pluto energy yeah it's like they don't really know how to like come to the table together so just to hold space for that yeah absolutely absolutely then then (laughs) then 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 what we have more Mars more Mars news more Mars news so Mars is going retrograde right it's been in Aquarius so on August the 12th Mars goes, you know, because it goes backwards, it's going backwards in Aquarius, and it moves into the sign of Capricorn. So let's talk a little bit about what's the difference between a Mars retrograde in Aquarius and a Mars retrograde in Capricorn. So if we think about Mars retrograde in and of itself, just sort of succinctly, I guess I would say, is right, we are looking from a different angle, right? We are retracing 
how we use our energy, right? What we desire. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, in Aquarius, sort of this is a, a, like a collective theme, like we may be getting a different angle of how we use our energy when it comes to community, mm -hmm. when it comes to technology. Yes. Right. When, when it comes to what brings us together in terms of a shared humanity. Mm-hmm. When it goes into Capricorn, Capricorn's an earth sign. Capricorn is the sign of, you know, the collective consensus structures, government, yes. business, mm -hmm. the patriarchy, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, organization and the work that we do, you know, we may start mm. to see a different angle as to that. Yes, realm. yes. And Capricorn to me too also has so much to do with leadership. Yes, you know what right. I mean? It's like, a, you know, how, you know, maybe even looking at it, the, the leaders in the world or those, you know, the big players, like whether the corporate big players, right? And what do we do with our leadership? Because Capricorn, when it's in its best and highest good, is a great leader. You know what I mean? Capricorn, you know, has, you know, that Saturn energy, which is providing those great structures and foundations for the whole kingdom, for everyone to go forward in an empowered way. Right. So maybe it'll be interesting to see what we, what happens with leadership in the world and then what we do as our own personal leaders and how we engage with that. Oh, I love that. That's really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Really beautiful. Because, again, thinking also about Leo as sort of mm -hmm. the, the king or the queen or the royalty. That's that sovereign. And then yes. Capricorn leadership. Yes. Um, and to think about it, too, like, OK, where is this, you know, especially if you use whole sign houses, like where does Capricorn show up in your in your chart or even just collectively? Like, can you use this period of time when Mars is retrograding Capricorn right through the 27th when mm -hmm. it turns back around to Get a different viewpoint on how you do structure, yes. on how you hold that sense of leadership, how you like come to the mat, how you fight for, you know, those things. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, this is what we've been talking about with the retrogrades is retrogrades. You know, retrogrades, we've talked about this before. Everybody's like, oh, my God, all these retrograde planets. Ooh, eek, ah, you know. And yet these retrogrades are incredibly powerful, potent times for being able to reevaluate and regroup and reroot, as you're saying. And then when they go forward, you can go forward with more of a sense of, I'm putting quote marks, knowing what, yeah. what you're doing. The other thing about Capricorn, too, it has a lot to do with responsibility. Yes, you know? right. And so here's another opportunity to really look at what your responsibilities are and how do you want to commit you know, yes. as you go forward. Yeah, how are you claiming and do claiming. you claim and where do you not claim responsibility, accountability, mm -hmm. and your own sense of authority? Yes, yes, right? yes. Again, we go back to that personal sovereignty, which seems to be these themes this month. Yeah, and remember that the retrograde, some of the jewels of a retrograde as you turn <laughs> the back jewels. around. The jewels of a retrograde <laughs> yeah. is turned back around. Like, where can you look? In, where can you? Sorry, I was turning back around and you couldn't hear me. <laughs> where can you? <laughs> that's not a good it was so retrograde of you. Exactly. You eclipsed yourself. Exactly. <laughs>
<laughs> where can you turn back around to gain insights into, you know, in the past, how you may have or may have not claimed that authority, claimed yep. your responsibility? So yes. learn from the past. Learn from the past. Yes. Now, yes. The, this is really funny to me, right? Because the next thing that I, we were going to talk about is how on August 18th, Mercury stations direct in Leo, but we really didn't even give a big, big nod to the fact that all of <laughs> August itself, Mercury is retrograde until the 18th. Right. Because right. we started out on July 25th, Mercury went retrograde in Leo. So that added that layer. I guess we did give a little bit of a nod to it in the beginning. And so for in the first 18 days of August, we have Mars and Mercury retrograde. Right. Hence our theme, Eclipses and Retrogrades Part 2. Two. Exactly. Right. So we've been talking a lot about how to deal with this retrograde energy, and here's just another example of that. Exactly. So again, when a planet slows down, seemingly slows down the sky in, quote, preparation, right, for shifting a different direction, its energy is very loud. Its archetypes are thought to be very loud mm -hmm. in the collective, right? Mm -hmm. So around the days of a Mercury station, so again, around August 8th, 18th, you know, there may just be a lot of news. There may be a lot of inflowing information that lots of inflowing information and input. Because that's Mercury. Is Mercury, right. 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 Thanks. And may also then like have an impact on your nervous system, which is right. Mercury. Yes. You know, Mercury and Leo. Leo rules the spine and the upper back and the heart. You know, just make sure that all of this information doesn't send your heart literally or figuratively a flutter or be mm -hmm. erratic. Right, um, right. And so just to like take those times around a Mercury station to like do whatever you need to center so that you're not overly wired by too much input or output. That is such a great reminder. And, you know, whenever I think about Leo, I have Leo rising, so um, that's my disclaimer. I think about drama. You know, and so you with some of these Leo retrogrades and then, you know, things going stationing, I think which means things are bolder. It also could be a time where things are a bit more dramatic, yeah. you know, and to be aware of that and not get sucked into, you know, any of those dramas out there. Just say no to drama unless it's moving you forward and serving you in some way. Yeah. And it's interesting time, too, because just the next day after that, right, we have the third of three of these recent Jupiter-Neptune trines. And just a little bit about that, right, Jupiter-Neptune, and we talked about this in May, which was the last time that this happened on May 25th, the time before was last December. Um, Jupiter-Neptune, Jupiter make you know, just sort of succinctly make things big, expand, Neptune, you know, dissolving or the opening to the everything. So it does also feel between a Mercury station and that Jupiter-Neptune yeah. trine, like the ability also to like really connect and maybe doing it through a heart center to really connect to inspiration, to compassion, to the numinous, to your dreams. Right, because remember, Jupiter's in Scorpio. These are both water planets. So it's really pulling... Water signs. Water signs, right. Thank you. Water signs. So here we have all this fire and this air and all this. And here's this nice little reservoir Ooh. of um, some water because Jupiter's in Scorpio and Neptune's in Pisces. And the, the trines are just are lovely things, aren't they? Because it's like the planets are coming together in harmony. So I think this is just a little opportunity to like maybe, you know, get in the swimming pool yes. <laughs> and cool off a little bit, right? Ooh, From all that. the fire and go within 
and get more in sync with your feelings and your emotions. And as you're saying, the numinous and, you know, your internal landscape and that Scorpio wants to go so deep. So to just go in the deep end of the pool for oh, a while. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Go in the deep end of the pool, but also, right, because Jupiter doing its thing with Neptune or Neptune doing its thing with Jupiter, right, we might also feel so open mm. that we, you know, and Neptune oftentimes has ah, us with this yes. longing towards the ideal that sometimes we see things that are the ideal, but we're really seeing our projections of the things that we want, right? Yes. So just to also be careful and have a level of grounding mm-hmm. in terms of that what you're connecting to is, quote, Real. Real, right? Right, because, you know, Neptune just loves an illusion, yeah. right, especially in Pisces. And so the good part about that is the opportunity to, like, you know, fantasize and go into your imagination and some greater possibilities, but to be careful about the difference between, you know, what's possible and what's just an illusion. Right. But I think, too, like with what you said, right, like, but know that you're going into your imagination. Know that you're going into your fantasies. Like, let that inspire you, but then you have a that knowingness, like, what that is. Yes, right? yes, yes. That's the deep end of the pool, I That's think. The de- I love yeah. that. Go into the deep end of the pool. And then just two days late, no, three days later on August 22nd and the 23rd for you, those of you on the East Coast or in Europe, <laughs> um, we shift from Leo season mm-hmm. to Virgo season. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about the difference between Leo and Virgo. And some of it's just so obvious because Leo's fire, right, in the sun. And Virgo is so earthy, right? And so to me, Virgo is really kind of like we're starting to shift out of that kind of summer energy. We're going more into, we're starting to prepare for fall. And Virgo's very much about the harvest, you know? And Virgo's that time to me of like where we're really kind of, again, starting to slow down and, you know, go more towards inward. We're kind of in that transition between summer and fall and really regrounding, reappreciating, connecting to the earth and all of that kind of good stuff. Yeah, that earth connection is mm-hmm. so strong, that grounding and also like what can be made. Actually, I, don't, I was just going to say from the earth, but I realized how I'd like to frame it is and how I like to frame it is what can be made with the earth, mm. right? Like there's a partnership. A relationship. A relationship. <laughs> yes. And I think that that's really important to remember, yes. especially in these times, mm-hmm. right? In terms mm-hmm. of what's going on with the earth and living on this earth, on the earth. Um, and, you know, to remember, too, that some of the invitation of Virgo is also about systems and methodology and organization, right? To get your sort of house in order Mm -hmm. and the ability to see the piece parts of the whole so that you can look to see how things can be better, can be more refined. Mm -hmm. That to me is this gorgeous elemental invitation of Virgo season. But of course, the one thing we need to watch with Virgo is that as we strive for, you know, the divine, as we strive for the perfect, that we don't get too perfectionist oriented, then we don't then have the worry or the criticality that can come with it. I like to tell clients who um, have a lot of Virgo or strong Virgo or even during all of us during Virgo time, you know, there is no such thing as perfection. (laughs) There is the act of perfecting. Right. right? There's no best. There's just better. Because if we set ourselves up with the striving for best that we can never get to, it just 
institutes and initiates and inaugurates so many, you know, um, those are some good Virgo words, by the way. Initiate, inaugurates. That's, yeah, I'm digging that. You know, just this whole sets up this whole cycle yes. of like criticality, self-flagellation, yes. you know, and really that criticality and that worry. So just don't, there is no perfection. Just go for, for perfecting. You know what, how I always think about Virgo is, awesome. to me, because it's Virgo season, it's like a go back to school time. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's the beginning of September, you know, we've gone through the Labor Day period and everybody's getting ready to go back to school. And so as I always think about Virgo about, you know, it's time to buy, you know, your pencils and, you know, your new pieces is a paper and a new notebook and, you know, your new school shoes and your first day of school outfit. To me, it has that kind of preparation of like really getting ready to kind of reground, get serious after the summer and really move forward. Oh, I love that. Right. Like how do you organize yourself for like the yeah, school, go back the to school, school of life? Yeah. Back to school. Yeah. Um, so what's interesting too is as the sun shifts into Virgo, just the next two days after, we actually have this um, Pisces full moon, right? Mm-hmm. Right. On August 26th, and it connects to the sun makes this beautiful grand trine. Remember, sun mm-hmm. is in Virgo, Virgo's an earth sign. Saturn's in Capricorn, Capricorn's an earth sign. Uranus is in Taurus, Taurus is an earth sign. So here's this to the triumvirate, the triumvirate, the triumvirate. <laughs> Sorry, it's hard for me to say that word. It's the, such a good word, though. The triumvirate of Earth that are being occupied around this time, yes. right? Around the 25th, 26th of August from the sun, from Saturn, and from Uranus. Like, yes. Some of what I think may be inspired, right, is that how do you shine forth in a way, that's the sun, that encapsulates and expresses freedom mm. and the way you do things, Uranus, and create a structure around that. Yeah. You know, or yeah. own your responsi- responsibly own being the renegade or the rebel. Mm-hmm. Especially with all that earth energy. You, you know what I mean? So how do you do that in a very real, physical, earth time kind of way? Yes, exactly. Right. It's not just like, let me just think it. Let me just feel it. It's like, how do you ground that? Make it that? real. Yeah. Make it real. And it's right around that time because that full moon is August 26th. And on August 27th, Mercury, excuse me, not Mercury, Mars is moving forward. Yes. So it is also about like, what are you setting into the ground by, on one level, following the rules of structure Saturn, mm-hmm. but thinking outside of the box, Uranus, right. that you can build and to then start to carry forward in the next coming weeks. Right. And this is where we're talking about the beginning of the month is so different from the end of the month. Right. And so as we, you know, kind of start to wrap up August, you know, we're out of the eclipse season. We're out of some of these retrogrades. And so all of that planning and rerouting and kind of regrounding and things, you're going to be able to really very specifically move forward. So how right? So how do you ground that? And maybe it's about how do you ground the insights that you had from the right, last right. few months when you were pausing, when you were reflecting, yes. when you were going back, when yes. you were opening up and seeing what inspired you. So then, August twenty seventh, Mars moves forward. Yes. Now remember too, around the time mm-hmm. when a planet changes directions, its energy is very strong. So. 
explosions and, you know, explosive energy and willfulness and possibly impatience and fighting and, you know, watch the fire and watch the swords, watch the knives. Like those are also Mars elements. Oh my goodness. That's so, that's so intense, Stephanie. So, and it, but it's, it's going forward in Capricorn, correct? It's going forward in Capricorn and then, and then, and then, then later move on to Aquarius. Okay. So again, now, like we said, in the beginning of the month is just reflection, mm-hmm. turning backwards, mm-hmm. being slow. And we've gathered and we've gathered this awareness that we can then ground with this Virgo season, with this mm-hmm. Grand Trine and that Mars direct mm-hmm. to go forward. Yes. All systems go. Yeah. So, you know, we can't wait when we do at the end of August our Facebook Live to hear about your experience and how you experience this this transition and mm-hmm. this movement. Yes. Yes. Um, so let's talk about the tarot card for yes. the month. Yes. Yeah, so the tarot card for the month, I thought a really good card would be the strength card okay. of the tarot. And the strength card is actually ruled by Leo, but it's also got a Virgo aspect to it. And just very uh, simply, you know, the strength card is very much associated with the uh, fairy tale of beauty and the beast. And so one day, uh, a maiden, and she's actually Virgo, representing innocence. So a maiden, Virgo the innocent, was walking down a road, and she encountered this fierce, ferocious beast, this lion, right? And because she was so innocent, right, instead of like running away or, you know, calling someone to shoot or, you know, cage the beast, she was naive enough. She was innocent enough to think, maybe I can befriend this beast. Maybe I can, you know, have a relationship with the beast. So with time and patience and with mercy, she got to know the beast, this wild, crazy, ferocious lion. And the lion surrendered to her. And in most uh, pictures uh, on the, the strength card, you'll see a lion and he's opened his mouth and the maiden has her hand in his mouth. And the idea being that, you know, if uh, if you try to fight the lion, it's going to rip, it's going to rip your arm off, right? But if you, through your heart and through mercy and, and compassion, take the time. Patience is one of the uh, definitions of the strength card to get to know this beast. It may just surrender to you. And then there's this wonderful union. So of course, this is beauty and the beast, right? Her love transforms the beast from a monster into, well, in that case, a Prince Charming or whatever, right? So what does the beast represent? The beast represents those parts of ourselves that we are uncomfortable with, right? Those parts of ourselves that we oftentimes shun or we don't love. And so your inner beast may represent um, a passion and desire. In fact, in some decks, this card is called lust, right? So lust is this very powerful force, but it's like a wild and crazy animal, right? Because we don't know what going to happen with it. We don't know where it's going to take us. So the moral of the story, right, and it all ties in with the Leo moving into Virgo, is to really make friends with your inner beast. Those parts of yourself that are very vital, very alive, but that make you very uncomfortable. And this can be your shadow side. And by making friends with those parts of yourself, you will, you know, parts of yourself will open and be revealed you know, in this very new transformative 
an empowered way. And ultimately, at the end of the day, this card, and I think this is very Leo, is all about self-love because it's the self-love that transforms the beast. I am so <laughs> don't you taken love that card by that, especially yeah. now knowing also about the you know the beauty and the beast and mm. the maiden aspect and how beautiful this connection with Virgo like so almost like is this true the to innocent. say something like this yes like owning and like connecting to the power of the maiden within mm. you that then goes to forge this relationship yes. and open to the quote beast right, right? And, and what she fears. She's innocent enough to believe that something's possible. You know, we don't have time to talk about this, but I'm going to just throw something in the hopper. (laughs) I wonder, maybe we can talk about this like on our Facebook Live or something. Like, is there a connection between that and the Pallas Athena? Right, sort of like fierce warrior. Yeah. And like another way to sort of own or be with that fierce warrior and owning the The humility and the heart and the compassion. Ooh, very good, Stephanie. So you have to, before we run out of time, (laughs) you have to give us our wellness tip for the month. Yeah, so I was thinking about sunflower flower essence, right? Mm. Sunflower, very Leo, right? Sunflowers are ruled by Leo and ruled by the sun. And as we know, Leo is also about the the identity of the I and Mm. the ego, right? The unique sense of self. And sometimes we, and I think more of times than not, we think about like, oh, people have too big egos, right? Mm. There's too much of themselves showing. Right. But sometimes it's the opposite. We actually don't shine enough. Yes. We don't give ourselves the permission yeah. to have our sovereignty and the embrace of the unique being that we are to take that stage, yes. to, ta- to show up on the canvas of life. And so I was thinking about sunflower fluorescence because it helps to find this beautiful equilibrium within ourselves of the ego, right? If it's like we need encouragement to open up even more, if we need to find another level of sort of um, whatever it takes so that we tamp down because we feel like we're being too bright and that brightness is actually getting in the way of, you know, really our joy and on all levels. So sunflower flower essence is the one that I would just suggest, you know, looking into and it may be something if it resonates for you during this during this month. Also sunflower, the sun and Leo and the sun and the sun of the planet relating to the father, right? So this also connects to like rebalancing with the father, the father archetype, maybe issues that came to you related to how you express your ego Mm. based upon influences of your own personal father or your connection to the archetypal father. So I think that's so powerful. That's just perfect. Perfect for August. So, right. So strength card, sunflower, flower essence. Yes. So, so, Divine. I Divine. Think <laughs> are we at the end, I Stephanie? Has our time together come to an end? Yes. Well, it was wonderful being with you. And okay. thank you, everyone out there for listening. I think we have some people we need to thank. Yes, we need to thank our producers, Nick Patry and Sebastiano Tecchio. A shout out to the Overcast Room here at Cloud Studios in Capitol Hill, Seattle. 
big shout out to my so divine partner across the way, Megan Skinner. <laughs> and right back at you. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can. My website is Megan. What is it? It's MeganSkinner.com. <laughs> and Stephanie, yours is StephanieGalling.com. And we're also on Instagram. I'm at Megan C's. And Stephanie's at Stephanie underscore Galling. And we're also on Facebook. And uh, stay posted because we are going to be doing another Facebook Live. And then also our So Divine email address, which I never can remember, <laughs> is so divineventures at gmail.com. So send us notes there. We love reading your emails. You know, let us know your thoughts on the podcast, your thoughts on the lived astrology, maybe suggestions on what you'd like to see us talk about. We just really love being in community with you. So until next month, we wish you a gorgeous, gorgeous August. Mm-hmm.